world around us is full of false choices. The temptation to be us versus them, for or against, in or out. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life, the gray issues of faith, to truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel? Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle Podcast. Thanks to our friends at CVC, Cuyahoga Valley Church, Pastor Chad Allen. Uh, we have some brand new Ukrainian friends. Oh, yeah. Join us, joining us in studio today. Two guys with the first name Roman, so I can't possibly mess it up. We have Professor Roman Shurameta. He is uh, an economics professor at Case Western Reserve University, as I understand. Good morning, yes, Roman. that's right. Good morning. Professor. That's right. You better get it straight. I took, I took economics. Uh, supply and, and demand, buy low, sell high. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Is he doing good? He gets yeah, so far. So okay, far. Yeah, that's the first moment of economics class, by the way. <laughs> I know, right. And also with us, Minister Roman Skalski. Good morning. And uh, you, you minister at a church just down the street. What's yes. the name of the church again? The Slavic Full Gospel Church. Now, as I understand it, you both, and, and of course, Professor, you go to the same church. Yes, that's right. So now the church is ethnically Ukrainian, correct? Right. That's mm-hmm. correct. So let's start here because there's so much to talk about. If we back up to when your church community first heard the Russians have actually, after years of threatening, invaded Ukraine, take us back to that moment and what was happening, what it felt like, what people were saying. So uh, I will start. Uh, I was actually in Kiev. Uh, I was opening American University Kiev. Uh, so. Because I'm tenured at Case Western Reserve University, I was able to take a leave of absence. So I was in Kiev, and one day before the bombing of Kiev, I actually went back to Cleveland to pick up my wife to bring her with me to Kiev. One day before? One day before. I was in Chicago airport. I actually was on an interview with Fox News or one of the uh, media outlets, and literally... I was talking in the airport, then I came back to Cleveland in the evening. I learned that Russians had started bombing. The uh, Basically, all the airspace was closed, so we couldn't fly back to Ukraine. And the last time I went to Ukraine was past week when me and Roman and the whole team from our church went to deliver a humanitarian aid. That was the first time I was able to actually get back to Ukraine. So now, as you were sitting in the airport, before the bombing, like a day before the bombing, yes. to leave Kiev. That's right. Did you have any no. thought in your mind the Russians would bomb? Look, there was a tension in the air when we spoke to the ambassador, uh, U.S. ambassador. They constantly would warn us, say, hey, you should get sleeve. That's really, we have a good intel. They're going to attack. But I personally didn't believe. Even when I spoke to the media outlet at that time, I was telling them, because they were asking me exactly the question, you know, are they going to attack or not? And I said, very unlikely. So I didn't believe it myself. Oh, wow. Now, what, wasn't that almost part of being Ukrainian was 
having a constant threat for years from well, Russia? That's right. So when you, Brian, when you said that basically Russia has started the war in uh, on the February 24th, that's actually not when it happened. In 2014, that's when they started the war. And we've been in a constant uh, state of war, but they were not as active. They were doing this sort of uh, hybrid war when they were saying, well, this is the civilian war. There's Donetsk, Luhansk, they annexed Crimea. But Ukrainians have been in a state of war for over eight years now. So if that's the case, what happened that day, February 24th, that made the world say, okay, it started today? They started bombing all the cities including the capital, including uh, the city that me, uh, I'm personally from, Ivano-Frankivsk, uh, which is very close to Polish border. Uh, they had a little... In the western part of Ukraine, basically, right. it's far away from the eastern part where, you know, uh, bombings are and war is right so, now. So, so it's like, Yeah, so it was yeah. a shelling of the whole country and the invasion started from all directions. So from Belarus... They had the troops coming in from the eastern Ukraine and actively closing in on uh, different cities in Ukraine. Now, Minister Skalski, what, yeah. talk to us about the emotion running through your congregation once they found out about the bombing in Ukraine. Yeah, um, so basically we did not believe till the, uh, till the last second, you know, that the, uh, this was going to happen. You know, everybody thought maybe it's just, a, you know, muscle showing, you mm-hmm. know, or something. We did not believe. And then suddenly on 24th of February, 5 o'clock in the morning, they broke through and we were watching, you know, live. Uh, we were talking to our uh, relatives in Ukraine. And, and of course, we were crying. Yeah. We were crying so bad because we saw what was happening. Uh, it was unbelievable. You know, we we could not believe that full-scale invasion for Ukraine, for peaceful nation, was happening, actually. So now, I mean, for a, a fair number of Americans, that they're, they're like me, where I'm, for example, ethnically Swedish. But I'd have no idea about any one person in the entire country of Sweden that I'm related to. Like, I could show up and have no idea to find mm-hmm, anyone. Mm-hmm. The story would be different for many of your congregants, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, number one, um, do you know what uh, Slavic means? Do you know what it means? Explain it to us. Oh, okay. Slavic means uh, it's all Eastern European countries like Polish, Slovaks, Czechs, Serbians, Russian, Ukrainian. So it represents all of these nations. So we are not just Ukrainian. Even though we are ethnically 95%, 90% Ukrainian, but we have Belarusian, we have Polish families, we have Russian. Yeah. So these that's are all why Slavic this is people. Slavic, you know. So Slavic means all this Eastern European. Is it more of a, of a geopolitical label or is there like a cultural eth- ethnic type? It's an ethnic. Ethnic, you know, Eastern European, yeah. Central Eastern European uh, so we are connecting with everybody. So right. we are not just, we are Ukrainian church. No, we have Russian. We have Russian sons. We have, um, not Polish, but we have Polish family in our church, beautiful mm-hmm. family. Uh, so we are representing all those nations, basically. So, And, and of course, it's, it's been unbelievable and painful for everyone. Do you have people in the congregation with, I'm sure you do, family members there physically? Like close family members, most most of, us. Most of the families, yeah. most of the uh. congregants, uh, and we have 
quite dramatic stories right now. I can I can tell you what like what happened. You know, yes. please to one of the families. Like, uh, if you if you know uh, the most uh, most dense fighting right now in Kharkiv, Kharkiv, like and then eastern Ukraine and southern Ukraine. So we have this family. Uh, they just came from Kharkiv two weeks ago, maybe ten days ago. This young lady with a son. Uh, she was an assistant principal at one of the schools, and um, beautiful family, beautiful lady, you know, like son, nice, very nice. And uh, one day, um, her husband, 38 years old, walked out from the house to do something for like two minutes, and sniper bullet hit him in the head, killed him instantly. Ah. And a neighbor came, ran to help him out. He uh, he got killed too. And they were afraid to come out from the house for like yeah. a day or two wow. because bullets were flying, you know. So yeah. they uh, uh, they wanted to evacuate. And this is a story that we like one of the stories we have right now. Yeah. And this young lady Katya and uh, uh, her son Yaroslav, we are asking for prayers, you know, because yeah. we, we are working with them. They're here now, right? They're yes. here in our church, so we are trying to help them. Very dramatic, very and, painful. And the, if, if I recall you telling us this, the, the son is 11, is that correct? 11 years and old. And he witnessed this, did he, he not? He witnessed, yes, he witnessed. So oh. we're just asking people for prayers, for support, you know, because um, it's most dramatic we have seen so far. They could not even take the husband out, you know, they, uh, they wanted to leave because of the bombing, you know, constant bombing for like two, two months. And... Um, she just wanted to bury him by the tree, you know, somewhere. But then finally soldiers came and took him out, you know, and then they left the uh, city. It's Brian from the Brian and Janelle podcast. Want to hit pause real quick to ask for your help on something. Thank you so much for listening when there's so many other options out there. In fact, as you know, it can be oftentimes really hard this day and age to find quality Christian content in the podcast universe. That's why we'd be grateful if you'd consider spreading the word about the Brian and Janelle podcast. I mean, you know how it is. You find your favorite podcast, you listen to it, you're used to it, and you assume everyone knows about it. When the reality is most of the great podcasts I found out about over the years have come from direct recommendations from either podcast hosts or from other just friends of mine who tell me to listen to something. So maybe today you'd consider telling a friend about the Brian and Janelle podcast. We'd be super grateful. Let's get back to the show. As, as ministers, as leaders in your church, what do you, in terms of biblical gospel response, what do you say to that family? It's, it's hard to say something, but, you know, of course, we as ministers, as church, we are praying with them. We are offering support, and it's, and of course, you know, um, it's, you know, it's so hard, you know, to explain for a young child, yeah, you know, why this is happening, yeah, why he lost his dad, you know, why she lost her husband, you know, at the young age, and we uh, we are seeing these stories all over Ukraine right now. It's. It's constantly, you know, it's every day happening. So, uh, so many kids, and of course, we as a church, we go, we, we try to, uh, to pray with them, and, and we give it into God's hands. Yeah. Now, Professor Shurameta, I'm, 
being a guy in academia, I feel like mm-hmm. I can fairly ask you about the concept of a, a man, a citizen walking out of his home and being hit by a sniper yeah. is not how warfare is supposed to well, transpire. Um, recently, I made a post on the Facebook, um, on the social media about the these cassette bombs. Uh, uh, Roman mentioned Kharkiv, and so that's the city where they have a dumpster of these uh cassette bombs that basically have been forbidden by Geneva Convention. And it, you, it, the, really, the reason you can actually see them, because when they fly, the shelling doesn't explode, because it's, uh, they all kind of scatter the ground with shrapnel, and uh, the ca- carcass of the bomb, actually, of rocket remains. And so they literally have hundreds of these in dumpsters. Basically, Russia is shelling with a forbidden weapon, and this is exactly... This is the war crimes that are being committed, crimes against humanity, because it's not intended against uh, the soldiers, against the tanks, or it's intended against the civilians. You were asking, Brian, about our relatives. and yeah. So my dad, my parents are still in Ukraine, in Ivano-Frankivsk. Oh. And right when the bombing happened, the invasion of uh, Russia, my dad was celebrating his birthday. Oh, 60, uh, he, was, he was turning uh, 67, and... Um, he was celebrating that in his basement. Oh my goodness! Because of the shelling, he they had to hide in the basement, and uh, yeah. I was, you know, calling, and uh, it was tough. Oh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine. So much more to talk about with our new friends and ministers of the gospel here in Northeast Ohio, Professor Roman Shirometa from Case Western Reserve University, where he teaches economics, and Minister Roman Skalski from Slavic Full Gospel Church here in Broadview Heights. And they're officially like our, they're my BFFs. They brought <laughs> treats from Ukraine, Brian. I know. I don't think I want to eat this cookie. I it know. It was made in Ukraine. I'm going to frame it. Yeah. And we are talking about how you're ministering to the Ukrainian congregants in your church, and you define Slavic for us. So it's countries like Poland and Ukraine and including Russians. And so I was just curious about what the dynamic is to minister at a time like this to both Ukrainians and Russians. Yeah, that's, you know, very good question. And for us as a church, as Christians, we do not distinguish Russian or Ukrainian. It's all Christians. You know, we minister to people. Mm -hmm. And of course, we are not hating Russian language. We are not, you know, but, but of course, you know, we are ministering more to Ukrainians who are hurt right now. Yeah. You know, they are hurt, they, they have a lot of pain, and we, uh, it's our duty and job, you know, as ministers and ch- as church to minister to, uh, like, everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And just to add to that, I recently uh, had a message in our church on how Christians should respond in a time of war. And uh, I actually preached about, well, first of all, we need to put trust in God, we need to pray. Uh, but then the, the important part was then to show compassion. Yeah. You know, that's the yes. first thing when you hear the story, what's happening. And I appreciate to uh, a lot of Russian people, not the minority, but still a lot of Russian people that have showed true compassion to Ukrainians and have condemned the actions of their government and their country. Uh, and that has been speaking volume to us, you know. Uh, and then serving the community, serving Ukrainians. We, when we were going to Ukraine, remember this Russian kid who came uh, just from Russia, 
just recently from Russia and was helping us to pack bulletproof vests, to pack medicine as we were going to Ukraine, wow. a Russian kid. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I think for a lot of folks, it's hard to even comprehend yeah. the gravity of that, but that's a big deal. Yeah. Now, uh, because of we're, we're limited on time, I'm going to fast forward through the amazing thing that you all did. Yeah. Um, through public support, you were able to raise funds to have cash for Ukrainians, but also bulletproof vests, which served you well in getting in the country. Because, you know, so often people are like, oh, here's an old coat or whatever, and people don't need that right now. Right. So... Talk to us about the adventure of going to Ukraine and getting in there with your bulletproof vest. Yeah, um, let me tell you a story how we went to Ukraine, you know, how we got it together and what we saw in Ukraine and what we did. So basically yeah. we had a team of nine people, I think. Plus like, two. Plus two, two from Ukrainians, Ukraine. Yeah. So we went to Ukraine. Uh, we brought recently. Just uh, two weeks two ago. Weeks ago yeah. We came back uh, on the 22nd. So huh. very recent. Uh, so we took like 106 luggage pieces with us, loaded with bulletproof vests, with medical supplies. We all bought it, you know, and took it to Ukraine. Uh, we paid a lot of money for, you know, each uh, luggage piece. Yeah, I can't even imagine what they charged you for but, that. <laughs> yeah, but let me tell you what we saw in Ukraine, number one. Because normally uh, we saw nice and peaceful Ukraine. When we um, crossed the border checkpoint from Poland to Ukraine, number one, what struck me, darkness. darkness. You know, at yeah. night, oh, they turn wow. all the lights off. Uh, uh, a lot of heavily guarded uh, checkpoints. Mm -hmm. You drive, everything's dark, and uh, they stop you. They, you know, so. And then as we moved to eastern Ukraine, I saw a lot of destruction. Mm -hmm. We saw a lot of burned out buildings and just falling down, a lot of armored vehicles. We, uh, we even saw bodies still inside yeah. of them burned down, you know, kind of, they're still kind of cleaning up. But oh. let me tell you this dramatic story that in uh, Sumy, in Ukraine, I went to this house of uh, Christian people and um, three air bombs were dropped in nearby neighborhood. Everything was destroyed. All those, I have video with them. I have interview with them. And this Christian family, they went inside of their house. It was before midnight. They knelt down to pray, five people, and they heard big explosion. Half of the house was gone. Windows were gone. They were all safe inside. While they were oh, praying? While wow. they were praying in one room. But half of their house was gone completely, you know, and then holes in another uh, half. Neighborhood houses destroyed. 26 people died, including three kids. And... And of course, it's a big tragedy, but this family is alive, you know, mm -hmm. and we are committed to help them out, you know, in future. So this, uh, this is what we saw, a lot of destruction, a lot of pain. And of course, we are working with these, uh, with these kind of families right now. Yeah. Now, Professor Shurimeta, I can tell you're a guy who not only loves economics, but you love Ukraine. You, of course. You were going to move your family there. Absolutely. Uh, what was it like to go through these checkpoints and see your country like this? Well, uh, it was painful just to see the amount of destruction that Roman is mentioning. I actually went to, to the building where we were supposed to launch the university in Kiev. Uh, uh, I was there uh, we, uh, with a couple soldiers who actually were escorting us. And uh, while we were in the building, the sirens started going off, uh, air raid sirens. So we had to actually leave the building. I have a video of us just running down the stairs because you have to go to the shelter safe place. And, and the building is in the River Dnieper. Uh, uh, and so it could be potentially a target, you know, when the first airstrikes happen. Uh, by the way, I brought 
with me here in the studio. This is the piece of the shrapnel. This is what kills people when the bomb explodes. This is what, um, you know, this is what runs through the human bodies. And Roman said, fragments, um, yeah, from fragments the of the bombs. Yeah. So, we have a Facebook live on right now. Janelle's putting up the picture of that if you want to go see it on our Facebook page. Yeah. And, and you understand every day there is at least a couple hundred people, civilians that die every oh, day. It is so heavy. Yeah. Oh. This is just a part yeah, of it. It's, it's a terrible part of yeah. war. Um, yeah, yeah. This is what destroys buildings, lives, yeah. and uh, hundreds of uh, destinies. And this has been painful for me uh, to see this yeah. on, on any extent. So why, uh, of all things you could bring in, why Bulletproof Vest? Uh, to save lives. That's right. Uh, That's to protect it. lives. You know, at least, you know, at least we can do. Because we don't want to you know, bring something to fight, for, but to protect lives, it's very important. Mm. So, can I add a couple of things about? Of course. Um, um, we have a neighboring church, Cuyahoga Valley Community Church, and you know, Pastor Chad Allen. Oh yeah. Uh, Pastor Rick Duncan, and uh, you know, this church has been so supportive, and after so many years, we got together so close. Uh, we have seen tremendous support from them. Uh, and we are kind of ashamed not to come closer before, but war united us, you know, okay. not war, but to help people out, to, to pray together. So we had beautiful, beautiful gathering together, uh, fundraiser, you know, and then uh, we are just working together uh, to continue this support. And, and so for, for those who don't know, I used to live right down the street from you all, and mm -hmm. I would drive past your church all the time. Okay. And I remember occasionally going, look at that. Mm -hmm. Two churches right next right. door. Yeah. <laughs> so we are, we're going to be expanding. So, so we had a conversation, maybe expand closer to CVC. You know, <laughs> we were going a different way. Maybe we'll go a different way now, you know, closer yeah. to them. And I just wanted to express thank to everyone. And then also we are asking for support. We are getting items together. We, uh, we need finances. Are you going back? Uh, yes, we will go back. Or this is our fourth trip from our church. You know, we had a lot of bulletproof vests uh, taken. You know, of course, we can take them and send them somehow, but it's going to take a while. So we hand delivered each one to soldiers. I handed out to soldiers, to National Guard, to, uh, to territorial defense, yeah. directly to them. We took some binoculars. We took some, um, like, a lot of, like medical supplies we marked and then we just gave them like a suitcase of medical supply to this checkpoint to these you know army uh, guards you know how so did they receive you they were so welcoming and at checkpoints uh what saved us <laughs> you know because at checkpoint you cannot go through if it's if it's curfew. a curfew yeah you cannot drive i mean like i'm not getting through for any reason <laughs> yeah but but what saved us you know we said, look what we are taking with us. Yeah. And they, okay, well, thank you. Bring some more. Oh, wow. and, and they just let you right and through. And they, they let us go because we had... Uh, well, we uh, had the documents van loaded, you know. We had the documents. Well, of course. We yeah, had documents. We had and they, they let us through because I drove through the night. I drove probably, you know, through all Ukraine. It's, you know, eastern part. And uh, we never had a problem. So Everyone, when you walk through, where do you go? Where do you drop off the vests? Uh, we had connection directly with, um, uh, like, military. Okay. We met with them. We went into one of the border, uh, like, division, you know, um, like, big, you know, I met with commanders. Mm -hmm. So we handed directly to them. We had soldiers with us. Uh, 
But wow. let me add to that, that was how this, these connections come about. They come from the church. <laughs> they come from the church? Okay, explain that. So uh, what happens, uh, church became very active, obviously, in the time of this uh, war. And uh, to help people, a lot of uh, church members have been enlisted as well. And so we know the volunteers from the church who would drive the humanitarian aid and they would meet with these commanders. They would meet with these military units and they would find out and say, hey, what do you need, guys? And they'll say, well, we need medicine, we need food, and we need bulletproof vests because we have been put here to defend Ukraine. We have no vests. And then they would reach out to community of churches across the globe, including us, and they would put us in touch with those people. Which is such an important part of being able to partner with you and give because it, it points to what we talk about where we just kind of oh, yeah. just send We're and so we'll be like oh y'all need diapers and so you just need yeah. diapers instead of asking and right. saying what exactly is it that you need and really serving in a purposeful way that's mindful of the right. real needs yeah and and that sounds like what you're doing at, yeah. at, a, at a ground level it's what yeah. what do you need not what do i think right you need. exactly right. Yeah. like uh I was actually meeting with those soldiers and then I saw another officer running towards me and then he said, I am a medic. I'm actually a military doctor. Can you provide me with another vest? You know, he, you know that's a sad story. You know, they did not have this protection. We were not ready you know, for this war. They were not ready. They didn't have a lot of bulletproof vest yeah. helmets. And so I gave him one. I said, okay, you're a doctor. You know, he was so thankful. So, uh, um, and that's, you know, what, you know, kind of makes us, makes us, to work more for this and go back and help them out. So now for those here in Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania, who know we've got followers of Christ at Slavic Full Gospel Church, uh, just, just down the road from the radio station, who have contacts in Ukraine telling what is actually needed, and you all are, are doing your best to provide it, actually going there. God bless you for yeah, your courage. Yeah. Um, how can folks get connected to you in order to help you do this? Okay, um, you can connect us, uh, number one, uh, via website, uh, website which is sfg.church, slavicfullgospel.church, sfg.church, and we are at 5851 East Wallings Road in Broadview Heights, Ohio, 44147, and you can directly call my number, which is 216-496-0947. 216-496-0947 and my name is Roman Skalski so anytime we are ready uh, to work with you and SFG SFG dot church church dot church okay and, and you can donate there too we have donate button on the, on the website and we will get some links up on our social media site so folks can find it you can also reach out to us of course as well now if I remember right you've been on the radio station before with a name everyone recognizes. Yes, yeah, with Bob Devine. It was in 1998 because what? our pastor came in 98. And you know what? You guys did an amazing job, uh, Bob Devine. You know, I, uh, uh, we had a nice interview with him. And then uh, also uh, I gave away uh, a number for the church. And people called because we had a pastor who came from Ukraine uh, fleeing persecution. And we had a beautiful story with him and Bob Devine, I remember, with his rooster, you know. Oh, he used yeah. to do his rooster. <laughs> and we grew up on this station. And a lot of people yesterday were, were talking to Josh. I said, listen, you guys were like number one station for us wow. to listen because it was language, wow. you know, Christian music and sermons. So we have been with you guys forever. Yeah. Forever. It's it's p part of that beautiful power of the ministry through WCRF over the decades, yeah. the really cross-cultural nature of it. 
I, I think you mentioned people had learned English by listening. To oh Bob. yes, no. uh, Josh can tell you he he had a lot of people approaching yesterday because he visited uh, uh, our church uh, like yesterday. Yeah, and people like one of three point three WCRF. We, we grew up on you guys, you know, Aww. learning English, you know, like words and everything. Yeah. So it's yeah. been, you know, I can tell you, thank you so much for your ministry, for your, you know, outreach, and you guys are doing a great job. Thank you very much. And now before we go, uh, Professor Shiremeta, one of the things I want to ask you about is the, you know, there's always debate in culture about how bad something is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're in academia, you've been to Ukraine, mm-hmm. you've read the articles, you've done the research. How bad is it? Uh, so right now I had a couple events. We had a couple events in Case Western. We had a Tri-C uh, public events uh, where we had historian. We had a political scientist uh, can come together and debate this issue. And so uh, it is at the level of what has happened 80 years ago. So there is more and more reference to genocide. There is more and more references to war crimes and crimes against humanity. More than, I believe, 40 countries plus now open up uh, uh, cases of crimes against humanity, against Russia. Uh, when we went to Bucha, I was in Bucha in the opinion in Hostomel. I spoke as Roman did personally to people that have been um, literally uh, butchered, uh, or their, their families have been killed. We've been. I spoke to one lady who has witnessed people getting stripped naked and tortured in front of her eyes, uh, being shot in the back of their heads by Russian military. So it's a really, it's a genocide and it's a very directed. Russia two weeks ago has announced that they want to take out all dimensions of the word Ukraine and Kiev from their historical books. So that will not be even on the record. RIA News, the main state uh, propaganda TV and uh, media outlet has outlined the document how to conduct the genocide of Ukraine. So, and it's a state state media which is coming directly from kremlin so this is how bad it is we are talking about level of 80 years ago when nazi germany has tried to eliminate one nation in specifics and today ukraine is at the same level but ukrainians shown great resistance oh absolutely and they are not backing down it's it's a great nation ukraine has been most open to the gospel Yes. In probably the last 30 years. Yeah. Out of the you Soviet do, Union you countries. Can, you know, oh, it's a beautiful wow. country, peaceful people. You know, they have own language, own culture. Uh, and they're most open. You can preach. You can open a lot of churches. And they they sent a lot of missionaries all over the world. Uh, so, and Ukraine, you know, let's pray for Ukraine. Let's, you know, you know yeah. keep in prayers people um, for the pain they're going through right now. If, as we say goodbye, what would be, uh, if someone's to say, you know, like your top three list of what to pray for, for for Ukraine right now? Uh, for war to end. Peace. Uh, for peace, for for hate to stop, and for people to be able to, dis- you know, because a lot of people are, they don't know what to do. A lot of displaced people, you know, they flat houses. As we were talking, they were like, I don't know what to do next. So they have clear direction, you know, and safety after war ends. So let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's keep them in prayers for this. You know, as, as terrible as these circumstances are, I'm grateful it brought all of us together. 
and I hope this is the first of many conversations on the air, whether or not it's about Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we have many other things to talk about in our mutual love for Christ. Yes. Amen. So uh, again, special thanks to Professor Roman Shurameta from Case Western Reserve University, where he teaches economics, uh, and Minister Roman Skalski, both of them from Slavic Full Gospel Church. Again, for more information, SFG, Slavic Full Gospel, sfg.church. They're organizing a variety of different opportunities for you to help people in tangible ways in Ukraine. Uh, you can reach out to us as well. We'd be glad to connect you in our social media sites. That's and right. C- Make and, sure to tune and in. And even CVC. Even CVC. And CVC. And yes. C- yes. Th- yes. Thank you to Cuyahoga Valley Church and Pastor Chad Allen and others for their for bringing this to our attention. We weren't able to go live, but we did take video. I'm going to post up in a few minutes. Make sure to share this on your Facebook pages so we can spread the word and get more help for the church. Thank you both. Very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Follow us wherever you are on social media and search for us online. We're at brianandjanelle.org. Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or again at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week, Josue Villa, Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle Podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.